Silence. Long pauses. They make us uncomfortable. I imagine earlier during confession when there was the moment of silence, most people in worship wonder if the pastor's going to do a 10 count. Oh no, he's doing a 20 count. Oh, and we're up to almost 30. We're going to have to make use of this silent time between God and my heart and the thoughts in my mind. Silence will sometimes cause you to wonder what's going on, what's going to happen next. Sometimes that wondering leads to doubting. What do we do with the silence or those long, uncomfortable pauses? It's never good on a date, never very helpful in a conversation, even in worship. We throw our hands up. What's going to happen next after the silence? Today we heard how a Gentile woman came to Jesus pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. That is God's silence for your hearts today. In that wonderful lesson, Jesus surprises us. For some reason, the tender and compassionate Christ is missing. This is not the Jesus we know. It's not typical Jesus to give no word, to rebuff and be quiet. The one who healed the brokenhearted, who gave sight to the blind, who gave dignity to the prostitute, who welcomed and ate with all kinds of sinners. The one rabbi who called himself the Son of God, who had opened arms for all, is not who we find today. We find a somewhat different Jesus, an indifferent Jesus, especially to the Canaanite woman. And with that Canaanite woman, and right there is her problem. She's Gentile. Jews don't forget their history. Jews remember, we were told to come and wipe out, push back, destroy the Canaanites. And now they live among us. And so this Canaanite woman has the audacity to go to a Jewish rabbi and teacher and ask him, calling him Lord, even kind of playing to butter him up, saying, Oh Lord, son of David... Like, I know who you are in your importance. She says, Lord, my daughter is possessed by a demon. And scripture says, he answered her not even a word. Is this the savior that Christianity passes out to the world? A savior who can be silent? Who seems to ignore people in their deepest time of need? The woman was begging. And in some of the portrayals and artwork, you see her on the ground, begging for the life of her daughter, a spiritual battle. And she knows this Jewish rabbi is a spiritual warrior with a victorious message of strength and power and peace. Surely he will want to help me against this demon, his own enemy, that now torments my daughter. And so I cry out to him, Lord, son of David, I need your help. But not a word. He ignored her as though she said nothing. How would we feel? How do we feel? It must feel hurtful when the Lord seems silent in our cries. There are times when God is silent when you cry out to him for help or for answers. What do we think in that long pause, that moment of hearing nothing as though God won't say any words to us. 
In that silence, what we should understand as we look at the history of God, the track record of the Savior, is that in that silence, God is saying something to each of us, to each of you. In that long pause before something begins to stir that seems like an answer, God, as He always has, as He did with Job, as He did with the prophets, as He did with the people of Israel, in their lowest moment and darkest valley, in that silence, God is teaching us a persistence and a patience in our prayer life. A conversation as true in any relationship that is based not on how quickly the conversation moves, but on the trust that is built on the marriage. I will love you and follow you and give you my faithfulness for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in loudness or in silence. I will remain faithful to you is our marriage to the Lord. That he will never abandon us. Prayer is often a wrestling, a waiting upon God to deliver us. We remember Jacob, he did a physical wrestling with God. An interesting Old Testament story where he is literally holding on to God who has knocked out and displaced his hip. And he says, I will not let you go until what? Until you bless me. Until you give me that response, I will not let go. Prayer is that wrestling and waiting upon God for that deliverance, for that response, whatever it may be. And it is in the waiting upon God that I rely upon God. It is in the waiting upon God that I rely upon God. Say that with me. It is in the waiting upon God that I rely on God. I've got no other strength, nowhere else to go. Oh Lord, you have the answers to eternal life. You are the strength in my weakness. You are the hope and peace in my darkness and my discord. It is in the waiting upon God that I learn and struggle and wrestle and realize I have to rely upon God. And that's when the answer starts to come. I know how you pray. I know because I've prayed that way myself. When you have a problem, you go to God to fix it. When you have a need, you go to God to get it. And the problem is many times when you go to God, you go expecting Him to say, no, no way, you're not going to get this. And that might be the right answer, the good answer, the, the healthy answer, but we often approach God thinking He's against us. He doesn't care. I've had His silence in the past. I don't want to put up with God's silence now. And so I'll go because the pastor or my mom or my spouse or my children said, let's go to God in prayer. And I go with this half-hearted, never expecting God to deliver, to do what He always promises to do. I ask, and I don't really care about the answer because I assume I'm going to get silence. And then you interpret that silence as God ignoring you rebuffing you, pushing you away. This Canaanite woman, she had nothing going for her. She was the outside culture, the enemy almost, when she asked Jesus to help her. And yet she asked and asked and asked. The Savior of the world, all he wanted was just a little break for crying out loud. And then this woman comes to him crying out loud. Jesus never gets that, that long moment of peace when he, kind, when he tries to separate himself from the crowd after doing miracles and teaching. You know, everyone needs a break now and then, but it seems like someone keeps coming after him. 
And here she comes, crying out loud, as if her timing wasn't bad enough. Oh, she had a feisty attitude for a woman. I mean, in Jesus' day, it wasn't proper in that culture and time for a woman to assert herself, to expect to get her own way in what she was asking so boldly. She was coming on so strong with her nagging, typical fashion, those disciples say, Jesus, send her away, she's crying out after us. I almost expect the Savior at some point to turn around and say to them, stop saying that. Stop saying, send them away to get their own food. Send her away because she's crying out after us. Jesus says that to the church. Stop sending people away with that attitude that we don't need to help them or love them or serve them or sacrifice for them because they're different. They're a different culture. They're a different look. They're a different person than I am. Stop saying, send them away. Because that's not how our God treats us. That's not how the Lord treats us. Or this Canaanite Gentile. So first Jesus is silent to this woman. Then the disciples are wanting him to get her off their backs. Because they're inconvenienced. And then Jesus says, strangely, her people are no better than dogs. This is the Savior of the world. And Jesus, let's face it, only has limited time on earth. He's got a lot to do in this three-year mission trip from heaven. He's got a lot to accomplish. He doesn't have time to be helping and fooling around with non-Jewish people, was the message she was getting. So three strikes, and she wasn't giving up. Oh, no. Without missing a beat, the woman replies, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She knew she trusted that Jesus would be the answer, would have the healing, the direction or the words for her problem, for her suffering and pain. And so she asked and got pushed back. And she asked, and the disciples didn't like her. And she asked again, and the master said, you're no better than dogs in your culture. And she asked in faith, I'll take even the crumbs of miracle in the healing presence of the Lord, my Lord. And then Jesus gave her what she was looking for. He said, woman, you have a great faith. And your request is given to you. And her daughter was healed in that very hour because she asked and asked again. When you go to God, sometimes you need to keep asking, but in that mix, you need to keep trusting in faith that God works for your good, that God is on your side, that God loves you. Whether it's challenges in your work, in your marriage, in your relationships, when you are praying for that deliverance, God always shows up. Remember, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. This is the with us God who wants to be with us in the valley as the good shepherd. Be with us on the mountaintop with Elijah and Moses in the words of guidance and wisdom. This is the with us God who never fails to show us and pursue us with an undeserved love. I've never known of a time when God was not faithful. And so this woman of Canaan, she did not walk away. That's part of the lesson, to not walk away from God. She kept on trusting Jesus, and she believed that he eventually will speak. He will speak mercy and grace over my life, to my need. And so when God puts you on hold, remember, history had to wait for the Savior and the cross to show up. Even the church, the people of faith, had to wait from the time of Adam and Eve to the star over Bethlehem, when the Son of God eclipsed with his own brightness 
the darkness of the world. There's no way to nag God when you go to him with a need. God is patient. He'll keep listening. The challenge is, will you keep asking and trusting? Jesus taught that from the Sermon on the Mount. Keep on asking, is how the Greek says it. Keep on asking and you will receive. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. You do the asking, he's got the verbs of the doing and the rescuing and the showing up. God will eventually speak and he will speak grace and mercy and a steadfast love over your life, over your moment. Even in the silence, God shows up. He's never abandoned us. Even in our deepest pain, the Lord will be there with you as a strength and a peace that goes beyond human understanding. And standing in the face of the story, as every story, is the scandal of the cross. The gospel tells us that our God was tenacious in his love for us, unwilling to let us forever stay in the brokenness of our sin. The world had to wait for that cross and empty tomb, but God did show up. He kept carrying on the promise of salvation through each broken generation that he had to go through until he made it to the cross, until he made it to your baptism, God was persistent and long-suffering in order to love and rescue you. Amen? Never forget that. God pursues you with an undeserved grace, an unmerited love. Because in Christ, that is where we find our peace and our forgiveness. Even when it seems that he puts us on hold and all we hear is silence for the moment. His answer and his deliverance always happens. When I wait upon the Lord, I learn I rely upon the Lord. May that be the message that you wake up every day trusting, whether it's a short wait or a long wait. Never fear or doubt as you wait upon the Lord, because He always comes. Keep asking, keep trusting, for the Lord is good. And His mercy and His steadfast love endures for you forever. Amen? Amen. Now may that peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard and keep your hearts, your minds, in the peace of Jesus Christ until he comes back and delivers us once again. Amen. Amen. Please stand with me as we come with open hearts to the Lord in prayer.